Cobblestone, good morning. I love you with all of my heart. I do want to welcome you to our fourth week online, to this online experience. This is actually, even for an introvert, becoming a little harder each week. So I see you. I love you. Thank you to all of you who have joined our Facebook Lives Tuesday and Thursday at 8 a.m. for prayer and worship and all the goofy stuff we're doing on the internet. We are learning a lot, so thanks for putting up with our technological stuff. I would say, hey, if you want to connect this morning, if you're in our YouTube, drop a chat. If you're on Facebook, drop a chat. Like, uh, I know that it's not as... I don't know, intimate, but it's what we have right now. I, I do feel like I want to encourage you as the lead pastor of Cobblestone. Uh, I kind of feel like that was the thing the Lord wanted me to push on us uh, in, in a couple ways. Number one, and I know this is going to sound like, uh, what do you mean? But don't waste this time. Don't waste your time during this season where the rhythms of your life have been disrupted. Don't waste your time uh, not seeking the Lord during this time. I think it's easy when everything's kind of turned upside down to kind of be like, oh, I deserve time in the Netflix world. I, I deserve time eating my favorite comfort foods. I deserve time. And those things aren't wrong or sinful, but I believe God wants to use this time to purify his big C church. And that includes cobblestone. So I would say push in. In fact, one of the themes you're going to hear me talk about today is this idea of leaning in or inclining to the Lord. I want to say to the Cobblestone family, from the very beginning, from the first day and moment we decided we were not going to meet, we felt like the word intimacy was utmost in importance. That God wants to draw you, and I mean any of you that are watching this, into intimacy with Him, which means talking, living, breathing relationship with the God of the universe. And I know this is going to sound harsh, and I even prayed about saying this statement to you, church, but Cobblestone... The worst thing in the world is not Corona. The worst thing in the world is people going to hell. And you're like, whoa, he just went heavy. And I just feel like the worst thing in the world is, is not you or even your kids getting Corona. And I don't want that for any of us. The worst thing in the world still is there's people out there that don't know Jesus. And if we're Bible believers and we're Bible people, and we're Jesus lovers, and we love Jesus, then our mandate during this time is to keep our eyes on Him and then go as the Holy Spirit leads us. So I don't actually even like the medium that I'm in right now because it's me producing a sermon stream for you so that you can get your feed. What I want for you is I want you to be connected to Jesus and love Him even if we're not together for another month. And so you would love the Lord. You would talk to him. You would spend time in the word. You would be God's people and his hands and his feet during this time to anybody and everybody that you can. I love you. Before we get into the word today, will you will you pray with me? And I mean, it's a little awkward because I'm here, but you're there. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? Let's, let's just ask Jesus to teach us by his word today. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's true. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that even with the distance between us over the internet, the Holy Spirit would invade the rooms and the living rooms and the places that we are. Show off your power. Convict us by your word this morning, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, that you love us in ways that we can't even comprehend. Reveal to us all of that in Jesus, your name. Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, open it up. Uh, we're going to go into the book of Joshua today. So go to Old Testament 
there's a statement that God says to his people, and there's a one word that I felt, I really wrote it down in my journal a week ago when I knew I was going to be preaching today, and the word is incline, and incline is like leaning, incline is like tuning in, incline is like I have turned my heart and my attention and my ways and my thoughts to the Lord, and I, I think God is calling many of you to incline. And it's not a natural tend of a human heart to incline to the Lord. We actually are very inclined the other direction. And I want to learn how to today and how what God tells his people to do in his word. A.W. Tozer, uh, in one of the best books I've read in a long time, it's very short, is The Pursuit of God. And he says this, we read our chapter, have our short devotions, and we rush away hoping to make up for our deep inward bankruptcy by attending another gospel meeting or listening to another thrilling story told by a religious adventurer lately returned from afar. Uh, the pursuit of God sums up what I think some of us might be, be feeling right now. When we take away people like me who are telling us, hey, pray right now, or hey, listen to this word right now, it kind of, we're like, I need another jolt, but what you really need is not another great spiritual religious story, another guy like me. What you need and where I believe God's calling you is to find him for yourself in your house so that when you wake up tomorrow and the next day and the next day and every day till the day that you see him face to face, you will wake up with him, for him, and aware of his presence. So if we start with this idea of inclining, you hear the word, incline your ear, incline your ears to me, O Lord, 76 times in the Bible. And 76 times is a lot of times for something to appear in the Bible. It happens a lot of times in the Psalms. And I love the Psalms because they are real heart level cries of usually desperation, like, Lord, incline your ear to me. You must listen. I need your help. And maybe you're feeling that right now. And the beauty is, you can yell. I mean, I, I would yell. You can yell. If God is a father, my kids yell sometimes, and I still listen to them. Lord, incline your ear to me. The verse that we're looking at, though, in Joshua chapter 24, Joshua 24 verse 23, actually is the Lord telling us that statement. Joshua 24, put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. Did you hear that? Put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart, incline your heart, your soul, the fabric of who you are to the Lord. So you have a statement to God's people who traditionally uh, had run away and, and served other lower cat, lowercase little g-gods. And we look at them, and I think some of us, so much of us, we are inclined to be religious, but our hearts are not naturally inclined to serve the one true living God. And that's what you see with the Israelites in Joshua's case, that they were inclined to religiously follow the law and do the temple ritual rites and cleanse themselves when needed and reap the benefits, but they were less inclined to love the Lord their God and leave behind all remnants of these other gods of the nations. Uh, I feel like the entire Bible actually testifies to this idea. Uh, all throughout Scripture, you see God's people kind of rejecting him, God calling them back because they're, they're kind of reaping some punishments, and then them being reunited. Now, God's people, especially in, in the context of Joshua, 
they didn't reject God all out, outright. They didn't say he's not our God. They actually claimed to be God's people. And then slowly, the other outside nations allured them to intermarry, to grab the Asherah poles, to bring in other forms of worship and, and semi-pollute uh, their pure, unadulterated love for the God of creation and the God of Israel, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, I think there's some parallels for us today, but God comments to his people regularly throughout Scripture about this problem, and I want you to see Scripture and how it reveals maybe your heart and my heart as well. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 10, and Psalms 95, 10 actually are quoting the same scripture. They say, they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. So God looking at his people's hearts, looking at Israel, and even in the New Testament, you have the New Testament author Hebrews saying, they always go astray in their heart. And we seem to go with that same flow, at least I do, and maybe you want to join me in that confession. Isaiah 29, 13. These people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts from me. Once again, you have God diagnosing the hearts of his people. Has a nation, Jeremiah 2, 11. Jeremiah 2, 11 says, Has a nation changed its gods, which are not gods? But my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. So do you see God looking at his people in Jeremiah, in Isaiah, and Hebrews, and Psalms, and going, hey, I'm your God. I love you. I have provided for you. But you have strayed. You have looked to other gods. You have gone to other things. And I'm calling you to incline your heart to me. Now, this idea of, of inclining, man, oh, it, it, is a, it is a work. And I feel too often that we want it to be an immediate microwave, give me my fast food fix. If only I could press the easy button on inclining my heart. But inclining my heart is a process and a work and actually takes a little bit of effort. And not I would actually say a lot of bit of effort on my part and on your part to seek the Lord with all of our heart and love him. Now, I, I notice when I read these verses, I look at Jeremiah, I look at Isaiah, I look at God's people. You ever like kind of been like, Psh, if I was them, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stray. If I was the God, God's people and I watched God shake the mountain and give the Ten Commandments and, you know, blow up a golden calf and do all that God did, I would not stray from him. Uh, and I used to think that a lot. Like if I heard God's voice thundering, from the heavens. If I saw a pillar of fire and manna coming from heaven, then certainly my heart wouldn't stray. But I feel like the longer that I've lived, the longer that I followed Jesus, um, I, I just realized how quickly I do the same thing. That God does amazing things. Like there's these stretches where my prayers are being answered. I see the faithfulness of God. I am re rejoicing with God's people as we worship together. Like there's all this goodness of God happening in my life. And then there's days, I forget it, where it just seems like a natural ebb of like my heart or my soul or my being or as a human man, that even something that happened yesterday seems dull the next day. And I, I think it's kind of like we're a, a boat on a river. So if, the, if time and the human heart is on this flowing river, 
And one direction is this the natural flow of things, and the other direction is to the things of God. As God's people, you have him in Joshua saying, turn your hearts, incline your heart to me, and go against the stream. Go against the pool of just fading into dull monotony. Go against the pool of forgetting. Go against the pool of not putting before your eyes the glory and the goodness of God. And so I think we have some things we can learn today of how do we pull into that? How do we do that? And this is really the heart of the message today. When we look at, if we look at this idea, when we come to God, it's free. Salvation is free. Jesus Christ, if you don't know him, says, come to me if you're heavy, burdened, or or weary, and I'll give you rest for your soul. So Christians, just tune me out for a second. If you don't know Jesus, the way in is free. There's nothing for you to earn, nothing for you to do. The altar is shut down. It's not by the law. It's not by righteous acts. But after that moment, you have salvation being free. We are commanded in several scriptures to join the Holy Spirit in pursuing the face, glory, and presence of God. I'll give you a few references. Colossians 3.23 says, Work heartily as unto the Lord. So now you don't even have a divide between your work and your church and your secular and your sacred. You have work heartily. So I don't know what you're working at right now. I don't know if you spend a lot of time on Zoom chat because you can't go to your work meetings. Work heartily as unto the Lord. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil. So we want to actively fight the enemy of our souls. We have 1 Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith. So fighting the good fight of faith is an active force that I am going to incline myself to the fight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in the fight. And I think God wants you in the fight, Christian. I don't think he wants you biding your time, fiddling your thumbs. How do you twiddle your thumbs? Twiddling your thumbs uh, until this time of corona is over. I think this is a blessed time that we can fight to know him. And that when we come out of this time, we will know who wasted it and who didn't. You have 1 Timothy 6.12, you have 1 Corinthians 9.25, and then 1 Corinthians 15.58. 9.25 of 1 Corinthians says, exercise self-control in all things. So you have work heartily, resist the devil, fight, exercise, and then finally, always abound in the work of the Lord. So you have salvation, which is free. There's nothing to do to rest and to sit in God's goodness. And then you have command after command after command after command. It's like, get in there and find him. Get in there and know him. Get in there and seek him. Get in there and know the beauty and the power and the presence of God. Now, real life example. For most of my early Christianity, uh, praying was hard. It, it wasn't the first inclination of my heart. And in fact, it was... Not like pulling teeth, but a lot of times it was like, it was something I knew I was told to do and should do. I knew scripture said, talk to God ceaseless, unceasingly. I was like, I don't even know what unceasing prayer could look like. And so what I started to do is I, I began to place myself in that quiet place every morning. And I, I began to just lay my heart out before the Lord. I began to incline my heart to the things of God. And I began to wash my soul with the word and I began to talk to the Lord as if he heard me. And then what started to happen is where I used to be like, ah, that's, I have to go do that. It became, I think I want to seek God today. 
And then I can't wait to get with the Lord today too. It is the delight of my soul to find my father and spend time with him and talk to him. I love talking to the Lord. I love him talking to me. I love feeling his presence in a room. I love being with God. And that has not always been the inclination of my heart. But I feel like the testimony of the saints that have come before us is that's how this heart, this, this heart inclination starts. It starts with, I am determined because this is true, that I will seek the Lord with all of my heart, with all of my mind, with all of my strength, and that those who seek him find him. So if you're here and you feel dry and you're feeling like, man, I don't know what this God is like. I, I want to find him. Then I think it starts with inclining. And inclining, that work of inclining, uh, is similar to how I view going on a diet. So you, if you realize, hey, I got a diet, you first start being like, I got to stop eating junk food. And if we go back to Joshua, the foreign gods that Israel ultimately was serving was kind of like junk food. It was a quick fix. It tasted good. It gave them immediate satisfaction. But in the end, it left them hungry. It left them kind of unhealthy, and it left them actually far away from God. And so with us, I know all of this, these things that I'm saying are true because God has become my delight. But what, that, what I had to do was I started having to look at, all right, where, where is the junk food spiritually for me? Where am I inclining my heart to other things? And one of my favorite activities these days is just sit quietly before God, and I would actually encourage you to do this after today. Sit quietly before God and ask him what's in the way between you and him. And see what comes to your mind. See what comes to your heart. And for me, it was don't work out so much. Don't watch TV at all. Don't get, just get rid of social media. Uh, if we're really, really talking, it was stop drinking alcohol. And I was like, oh God, Lord, those are so many things that like I enjoy. I don't think they're sinful. I even have scripture. But if I get you, I don't want any of it. And I slowly started to pull those things out of my life. And what I found is as I let my heart be unentangled and only intentioned for him, my view of him became clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer. Till so really, the view that my heart had was that God is beautiful, is beautiful and true and holy and better than I had ever known. And it started with an intentional effort, an intentional, my heart will be God's. My mind will be the Lord's. My eyes will look only on the things that God wants me to look on. And it wasn't God robbing me. It was God gifting me with intimacy and the presence that he alone gives. And so if you're here today, I think most of us just need to be reminded that when, when the Bible talks about God, it talks about him like in Psalm 34, which is one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I read this to Noah the other day and he's like, like a donut? And I was like, yeah, a little bit like a donut. But you, you can actually physically experience and taste and see the goodness of God. The soul of man was made. The soul of you women was made to be satisfied in God alone. So if we had real talk, we went to Taco Bell, which we're not going to go. But if we did, uh, or we had a Zoom chat <laughs> and we put Taco Bell in the background. Um, and I asked you, what do you think that your heart is most naturally inclined to throughout the day? And no shame, because I have these moments too. 
would you say the Lord? My heart is inclined to the Lord. My heart, it just, it just gravitates towards God. And, and if you're like, well, no, it really just gets swept along. Then how do we, as God's people, keep our hearts, keep our lives from being swept along by the world and by the worries of the world? Because uh, not only did the Israelites face this problem, and not only do you and I face this problem, but the early church faced this problem. Uh, in Revelations, God writes, he, he kind of gives letters, he gives warnings, he gives these kind of come back to me calls to his church, to seven of them. And in Revelation chapter 2, 4 to 5, Jesus says this to these early church members, and he's going to rebuke them, but he's not yelling at them or slapping them to hurt them. He wants to call them back into life and rhythms and hope that only he can bring. Revelation 2 verse 4, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. So he says, remember what I did for you. Remember the beautiful simplicity of that early faith, that love that you had for me, that everything else faded and I and you, and we just like were, we were just in love. And I feel like that's God's call to his church. So those, this is the call. Incline your heart to God. Incline your heart to the Lord. Incline your heart and your ears and your mind and your life and use this time to really tune in, which is another way I would say that, to what God wants. And though I know some of you, if you're really practical, what does that mean? How do I do that? How do I incline my heart to God? In this passage, in Joshua, uh, in the context of it, Joshua, who is taken over from Moses, is exhorting, is encouraging God's people to make God their only God. I, have, I, have, I really could just stop there. Make God your only God. And usually you can find out what your lowercase gods are by the things that if I took them from you, you would get, you would get anxious or you'd get angry. So if I took away your financial stability, would you become so anxious that you would be debilitated or you'd be like, I can trust God in this? Then I'd say, you're okay. But if I started pushing, let's say, on the cleanliness of your house, and if anyone doesn't take their shoes off in your house, you immediately become hostile, angry, well, maybe we have a, a lowercase g God to deal with. And you begin to listen your life. You begin to look at the things of your life that you pay attention to, the things that you worry about, the things that you consume your thoughts with every day. Which of those, if I took them away, would you be like, okay, I, I, my God is good. I love the Lord. Jesus has me. And which of those would you be like, ah, I'm not so sure anymore. And when you look at this, this, this call of Joshua, I think you could summarize it in today's terms is don't dilute your commitment to God. Don't dilute it. So 100%, I am committed that I am the Lord's and he is mine. That Jesus is true, the Bible is God's word, and I'm going to follow him even when it hurts. So if we were to not dilute our faith, uh, this is how I feel like the Bible answers this call. Two Psalms, Psalms 86 and Psalm 119. Psalm 86, 11 says, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. The starting point for inclining is realizing that you need God to teach you something. You need God by his word and by his spirit to teach your heart his ways. 
acknowledging that my heart many times does not gravitate towards God's ways. I need a little bit of clear from the Lord. Lord, that I may walk in your truth, unite my heart to fear your name. We Our starting point for inclining is not, I'm going to willpower myself to love God. My starting point is, I'm going to look at who God is, his character, his ways, his word. I want to, I want to make my, I want to start my heart marveling and worshiping and loving God with all that I am. Psalm 119 adds phrases to this of like, Psalm 119 verse 2, happy are those who keep his decrees, who seek him with their whole heart. Verse 6 of Psalm 119, I will praise you with an upright heart. Verse 10, with my whole heart, I seek you. So when we look at not having an undivided heart, we need to start looking at our loves of our life, the places we get angry. And so with my whole heart, the psalmist says, I will seek the Lord. I just want to, what would that look like? What would it look like for you to not eat, just I'm talking about God, but to seek a person with your whole heart? So husbands and wives, when you sought each other, when you were in relationship, when it was in the beginning uh, with no kids or whatever, whatever, when you were seeking them, what did it look like? With your whole heart, I bet. And it probably meant you spent money on them. It probably meant you did a lot of time, a lot of talking, a lot of texting, a lot of your, I wasn't even old enough to text back when I was dating, whatever. How did you pursue? And when we translate that to loving God with our whole heart, I think there's some parallels that I'm going to talk to God and I'm going to expect him to speak to me. And my heart is going to be turned towards him in most things. So let's apply this. I I think there's three things I heard about inclining our hearts. Number one, when we talk about inclining our lives to God, we're talking about our ears. And not just our physical hearing, but we're talking about tuning the hearts of our souls and our very beings to be able to hear the whisper of God's voice. Now, I only learned how to hear God's voice by knowing what his voice sounds like in here. So I would say we start here and we learn how did God speak to his people back then and how did it sound and what did they do and how did they know? And then what happens is when we're in that quiet place in the morning because we were inclining our hearts, I hear, go apologize to Anna, who is my wife. Now, normally, Andrew Holsworth, as a man, does not have a thought of you should apologize to your wife and it goes, yes. And so I could start to discern that that was the Lord. That was the Lord convicting me and shaping me as I inclined my heart to him. And so as we incline our ears, we are listening, not for our voice, not just for anything that comes into our minds or our hearts. We're inclining our voice to the very Holy Spirit that Jesus promised he would give us. And we're learning how to discern that from us and the enemy. And when we can do that, then, man, I just look forward to the day when we're as a church so inclined to God that at the snap, at the drop of a hat, we'll go where he tells us. So we incline our ears and we incline our heart. When we talk about hearts, we're talking about love. Now, I want you to love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, strength, being this week. And if you did that, I believe your life would change. I believe we give God about mm, a couple minutes in most prayer sessions to give us what we need to really relieve our anxiety. But if you were in a love relationship with someone and you could talk to them whenever you wanted to, and you could go be and hang out with them whenever you wanted to, and you knew that, you would never leave their side. In fact, that's our story with a lot of people that we fell in love with physically. 
So why isn't it with the Lord? Because sometimes when we're talking about and thinking about and coming to an infinitely awe-inspiring invisible God, it's hard for our hearts to engage. And so here's where I have what I want you to do, to incline your heart. I want you to, and I've said this to you probably 40 times, church, I want you to pick a time and a place to seek God with your heart. I want you to find a place to get alone with him. And if that's in the bedroom, in the closet, because the kids can't get there, do that, moms. You need your soul with the Lord before you can lead theirs to the Lord. If husbands, you need to go out and sit in the truck, put on worship music, and incline your heart to God, find him there. It doesn't matter about the place. It matters about the heart. So God sees your heart. And that's what I would say, going full circle where we started. During this time of being at home, God sees your heart. And God is purifying the hearts of his people. And that's because he's good and we need purifying. So if you incline your ears and you incline your heart, I guarantee you, you'll do the last one, which is to incline your ways. Like, where am I going? How am I doing it? Am I loving my neighbor right? Am I speaking the right words? You will, if you incline your ears and your heart, your ways will flow out of that. And so many times people say, hey, how do I know what the will of God is? Well, incline your heart to him, learn his voice. And I get, just naturally your steps become in order. You start ordering your heart attitudes and your loves by what he loves and by who he is. And so if I was to prepare you, one of my hopes with today was to prepare you for Easter. So Jesus is alive right now. We're going to celebrate the resurrection next week right here, same place, same time. But as I looked at this week, I wanted to kind of do Lent in a week, which is usually a longer period. But in a week, what would it look like if you knew Jesus was going to show up in a week physically? Like what would you do to prepare for the king to come in? You'd probably, if it physically, we'd clean your house, you'd get a new outfit, you'd do your hair did, you'd do all that stuff. But what would it take to prepare your soul for Jesus to do whatever he wants to do there? What would it take for you to make it open, an open place for him to inhabit? What would it take to give him access and a freedom by his Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants to do? That's how I want you spending your time this week. And if you need suggestions, I think the first one that I really heard this this week was get in that secret place with the Lord. And I know you're like, what is that a place I hide? It's that place in your closet, in your truck that you intentionally go into and it's just you and God and you sing and you pray and you cry out and you go, God, I need you. Incline your ear to me. And he's going, incline your heart to me. And you're in a relationship with God. Get in that place as much as you can this week. Find out where you can be with God and your soul can sing. And then I want you to do this one thing too. I want you to fast from fill in the blank. Some of you need to fast from that, the junk food of your life, the spiritual junk food as well. And so maybe social media this week, maybe TV this week. Maybe you need to spend less time just sitting on your phone scrolling and more time going, all right, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know what to read, but I'm here because I want to find you. That is a heart I believe the Father sees and responds to. And so church family, cobblestone, don't waste this time. Don't waste 
these two weeks, three weeks, next month, whatever long that we're apart, don't waste this time. I know that it's hard. I know some of us are scared and I know some of us financials are getting turned upside down and norms are messed up and we're feeling this weight that we don't even know where it's coming from. The remedy for our souls is not more striving. It's more resting in who our God is and inclining our ears, our hearts, our eyes, our ways, all that we are to him. And so once again, the worst thing right now is not corona in the world. It's bad. It sucks. It's not a great time. I, I Even like I said in the beginning, my, my introverted self is starting to like, I don't know. But the Lord is better. He is strong and he's in control. Your neighbors need you to have your eyes on Jesus. Your kids and spouse need you to have your eyes on Jesus. We are God's people, bought with the blood of Christ. Look to Him, get His strength, His rest for your soul, and then go in His name. I am much more interested in these few next few weeks, however long we're apart, in you learning as individuals how to be Christ in your home than I am about this message being well received or our great video feeds or any of the stuff that we're working on. You can find Him in your living room. And that's what I'm going to pray over you right now, that God would invade your living room. And if the kids are there, just be like, we're just going to talk to God really quick, kids. So if you would, would you bow your heads, get, you know, just get your heart postured as we incline our hearts together before I sign off. Jesus, I know that even through this video, that you would invade the living rooms by your Holy Spirit of everybody watching. Come in power, Lord. Shake their hearts and shape their minds. Move in them, Jesus. We love you. We bless you. You are good in every way. Thank you, God, that you know all of the needs. You know every cell of every body. You are amazing. We love you. And so, Jesus, teach us how to incline. Call our hearts to deep places with you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I love you, Cobblestone. I miss you more than I have words to say. If we can pray for you, prayer at cobblestonechurch.com. My name's Andrew Holsworth. Jesus loves you. Seek him. Find him. I'll see you on the other side of Corona and next week for Easter. See you guys.